0: Welcome back to the fire, everybody. Gray Man Stich here as always with my good, good co-host. Mike the Noob held here. Uh, if there's any nickname that is justified, it is that one. It's, that's what it'll be for now. That's like, we're, we're playing with it. We're playing with it. Mike the Noob. Mike the Noob. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I like it, but I also feel like it puts a lot of pressure on me to be not the noob and whilst I have a very decent grasp of Dungeons and Dragons um I think only the creator has a full grasp so that's a little, a little Fair, dumb enough. Fair
1: enough Well I mean we'll work on it. It's a workshop thing. You know, it's... we'll we'll poll the audience. We'll see what they think. We're still waiting for submissions from them, so we'll okay. just kind of kind of kind of play it by ear.
0: Yeah. Sounds good enough,
1: uh, but
0: we have a great show for everybody again today, continuing our little romp into the basics of D&D with character builds, uh, mm-hmm. and we have a fantastic revisiting guest, Tony. Tony, how you doing today?
2: Uh, it's going. You know, the, <laughs> the crushing depression and kind of just overwhelming sense of futility, but I've got my self-deprecating sense of humor going for me, so we got that.
1: What else can you ask for in this podcast and (laughs) and D&D, you know, that's true with friends like these who needs depression,
2: right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) To have these friends, you almost need depression.
2: It's it's kind of commiseration, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) yes.
0: (laughs) We all get together (laughs) and pour our love into characters that don't have to deal with our lively problems.
2: Right. (laughs) I want to be somebody else today
0: exactly and it's good good fun <laughs> but we welcome tony back uh we went over some dragon culture last time with tony with the the blue dragon in one of our earlier episodes mm-hmm. so we're happy to have him back this time we're doing a little bit different like i said we're we're doing some basic builds uh to kind of show everybody the the ropes of builds and uh how fun and a little bit easy it can be to uh to build your characters in D and D. Uh, This episode, we're going to be talking about the fighter build. So the first half, we're going to go over the races we picked, uh, as well as what that might mean for bonuses and whatnot. And uh, the second half, after we visit our our snack zone, as always, uh, we'll talk about how this affects our fighter builds and why we might have made those choices.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, really excited to have you back, Tony. Thanks again. Uh, Had a lot of fun with the... uh, dragon lore that we had a while back uh really excited to kind of build a couple uh characters tonight kind of see how we all fall and the mental processes that go behind everything mm-hmm. yeah i'm
2: happy to be back thanks for bringing me back guys
1: yeah and, uh, i mean it, you can't help but want to bring back uh
0: somebody with a plethora of knowledge such as yourself
2: that's right it's it's helpful to sherpa the noobs yes. and yep we've got a plethora of since you brought that word up, there's a plethora <laughs> of that today.
1: Yes, and that's uh, carry, carry me up the mountain of D and D lore, please. It helps. It takes a little weight
0: off my shoulders because <laughs> I don't feel as much pressure to remember every rule. That's half the reason why I love Tony and my D and D group because <laughs> I don't have just, to remember. He everything. doesn't even
1: have, He doesn't even have to look at the book. He's like, well, this is what this does, and this is what this, you know proficiency means no that's not what i was thinking of i was more thinking of like i can't can't think of the word like mm. poison that thing that poison effects that's it there we go uh, there's
0: plenty of book looking <laughs> trust me uh, our particular group of uh individuals in our dungeoneering expeditions uh definitely makes you question the rules a lot
2: yeah yeah it's a fine line to balance on because I'm a player in that game. I'm not a DM. I DM my own groups as well. And when you're the player, you want to be able to be there to support the DM, but -hmm. not overstep. Mm -hmm. If there's something that does seem kind of out of the ordinary, might bring it up, private chat, kind of just send it across, but it ends up that it's DM's prerogative. How do they want to run it? So yeah, those kind of rules, I'll kind of bide my time and I'll let Ethan know, uh, Hey, just clarifying this mm-hmm. rules as written versus rules as intended kind of stuff. But you, it's really, really difficult to DM wrong. As long as everybody's having friends, as long as everybody's having fun, and you're there with friends, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to screw things up.
0: And just this is a side note that that is definitely what thing what players need to remember at the end of the day is, like you said, the DM has rule over everything. But there is also a way of bringing things up that isn't, oh, no, you did this wrong. Like You you can bring it up in a positive light and then continue to move forward. Because as I said before, you're not going to remember every role. You you can play for 20 years and they come out with a new book every five. You never know exactly how things are going to be. But it's part of the experience to continue to learn with everybody. And uh, I think that's great to have Like I said, Tony, I love whenever you bring stuff up because not only do I get a refresher, but I also know that we're not bending things too far, which is great. Mm. But uh, while we go over some stuff, Uh, like I said, we're going over the fighter build today. Uh, And Mike, I know you're you're pulling from one of the newer books.
1: I am. Yeah, I'm uh, I just... Really, really wanted, saw some cool stuff out of the uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros. Is it Theros or Theros? I don't know. I've heard it both ways. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I just saw a lot of really cool stuff. So I kind of built a character. Well, one, you'll see the race that I picked is from that book, as well as one of the subclass, uh, sorry, one of the um, backgrounds is from that book. Um, And I think that came out it was like halfway through last year i want to say yeah 2020 very, sometime in
0: 2020 yeah
1: it's very recent
0: it was it was yeah during like the midst of the uh
1: the rona mm-hmm. whenever it first and it's, started getting serious it's it's some of the first content that is being pulled from the collaboration between magic the gathering mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool too um you know, so kind of bringing both worlds together, Ethan. I did it for you don't out, of, me, out of the kindness of my heart.
0: Don't get me started on magic. <laughs> so this will be a much longer episode than it needs to be. But uh, that's good. And uh, just like I said uh, in our last episode, we, we have free range. Uh, there, I didn't give anybody any parameters on their fighter build, uh, a world to think of or anything like that. But as always, check with your G- DM or GM. And uh, see what world they're building, because that could definitely influence your fighter build, if not the rules Mm -hmm. that you have to go by when you make these builds. But uh, what what race did we pick
1: for you, Mike? Well, I picked the Leonin, Mm. almost almost like a lion. I guess it was a lion folk that it used to be. But then with the new books, they solidified it from the magic, the gathering Mm -hmm. uh, realm as the Leonin Mm -hmm. um they have I just really liked some of the basic features that they have uh as I was building out the rest of my fighter and I just kind of I don't know it just kind of like came to me uh kind of the character that I was building in the backstory and and it all kind of just kind of flowed together which was really cool
0: well that's good is there any specific perks that
1: uh are part of this race that would be beneficial for a fighter. Um, so the one thing that I liked is the speed is thirty-five feet. the The starting uh, speed is thirty-five feet. So extra um, distance is always good, right? Extra distance. Uh, the other thing that kind of, which was kind of like the trigger to how I started building the character, was um, your claws can be used as natural weapons and they count as unarmed strikes. Mm-hmm. um but you're so, getting a, you're getting a bonus though it's,
0: right it's, yeah. it's not a regular on, on arm strike because the claws right. add a, 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 an
1: extra vein of damage to that which is pretty cool right yeah so with with the claws you get a one let me look here yeah one uh one d4 plus your strength modifier so right. you get a little bit extra damage and then obviously it gets strong it kind of grows a little bit with you as you get um well that's, higher up
0: that's that's a normal unarmed strike. Mm-hmm. Will grow with your strength. So basically, the perk to the claws is that you get the the extra D four damage added onto your added onto your strike. Mm, okay. Because, because the unarmed strike is always going to go out, off of strength, right? Because Which I know just your monks monks strength. use that a lot too. Yeah. Well, I, that's, I mean the the
1: punchies, the punchies guys. and the kickies. Yeah. The the roundhouse, kicks, mm-hmm. the karate chops,
2: uh, mostly
1: punches, punches, <laughs> <laughs> lots lots of pop pop punch,
2: uh huh, pop, pop pop,
0: but
1: yeah That's so it. I went with uh yeah Leonin uh, because of that also it has a good constitution plus it adds to strength so kind mm-hmm. of you know well rounded kind of fighter you know, more front lines kind of character, mm. um, but it gives you that extra distance. Plus those unarmed strikes have a little bit more power. Um, you know, so I just, all of that together kind of really flowed for me. So you're, you're coming out the gate a little bit stronger than than the average fighter because of these pretty much. With, yeah, with... Uh, yeah. And, and the good part is, you know, I can still use weapons and I was thinking about that. I too. would like hope that's, so as a fighter, <laughs> that's not what I'm uh, that's not what I was focusing on per se. Um, you know, as we build it out, you'll see kind of what I was going for, but the, uh, you know, unarmed strike is good to be like close distance. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking kind of have medium distance, something like a, I don't know, like a javelin or like a trident mm-hmm. um, to use with a little bit of reach. Um, Tony you know, knows a thing or two about tridents. That's right. Oh, <laughs> so I uh, well, what do you know about tridents? Are you like secretly Poseidon or something?
2: uh No, the character that I play in Ethan's game has a sentient trident, and it was as treasure, and mm-hmm. I had commandeered it from the party because nautical term trident. It all kind of goes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I commandeered it from the party, I started speaking to it, and now like we've become best friends.
0: And they they <laughs> they sing sea shanties and whatnot uh, to, to each other. That's yeah, t- so cool.
2: Tell stories about what happened in body ports all over the place.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's uh, what's the trident's name? Uh, Wave. Ooh, yeah. all right, I like it. Yeah, real uh and it just kind of like floats there.
2: It's strapped to
0: my back, yeah. I was oh, about okay. to say, I don't think we ever addressed whether it floated or not.
1: Doesn't have like its own <laughs> own kind of
0: control, it's got its, got its own personality, it so just it just talks go. to you.
1: It's it's, <laughs> it's sentient enough to talk to you, but it can't do anything else. Yeah. right.
2: Yeah, I get to carry it around, I get to show it the sights, and I get to speak to it, but uh yeah, it's all just riding my back the whole time,
1: mm-hmm. that's pretty cool, yeah,
0: so I mean that's great that's uh, it's definitely something to uh take into consideration when it comes to building your character uh because like like you said you, you have a little bit of a uh, a starting perk mm-hmm. well, and and sometimes that can help a lot, especially if you're starting a level one, there's a lot of games that'll you know you'll go to level five to start out just because level one through five is a little bit dry sometimes. Which, I don't know, Tony, do you you think uh, that's improved over the years with a couple of the new additions? I I felt like it's it's a little bit easier now to go to start at level one than it used to be.
2: I definitely believe so. I think they started that switch in fourth edition. And I know Mm -hmm. fourth edition kind of gets a bad rap because they really tried to simplify it for like the MMO crowd. mm -hmm. But they have some really good ideas with it. Um, Prior to that, first edition, second edition, three and three, five. Yeah. The first power band was a little bit difficult. Um, You were, you really had to make sure that the group was only dealing with stories around the local level, the same kind of thing you'd see in MMOs. Oh, We have a rat infestation or a kobold infestation and attacks. You couldn't have any of those, big, real thematic Dungeons and Dragons adventures because you were very squishy and you didn't have any of those real definitive powers at that point. But with fourth edition and how they had brought some of those back into that specific power band and then fifth edition as well with providing some very defining characteristics and defining Mm -hmm. abilities of each one of the classes, I think it has opened up that one through five level range so that a lot of dms are willing to stay at level one and two rather than just start at four and move forward
0: right because mm-hmm. that's definitely something you got to consider is uh, uh even though you're you're building a world especially for newer members of the community it, it, they're looking for that excitement and uh a little, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to start out with excitement Especially when you try to explain to them, mm. no, you can't do that because he's going to hit you and you only have two health right now.
1: <laughs> what do you mean I only have three HP?
0: Why, why am I so squishy? Well, you're level one and he's level 14. Well, you know, that's what's going to happen. But uh, so that's good. Mike, you're definitely starting off on a strong point. Um, I went with a half elf. Mostly because mm. of the backstory and um That's just all, uh, every time I picture a fighter, unless it's, uh, you know, the Adventure Zone or something, I always think of a half-elf being a badass fighter. They're not always the toughest, but uh, man, you can pull off some crazy moves sometimes with their natural dexterity and stuff. So the the perk for me would be half-elf, you still have some perks that you get as a human, which a lot of trait benefits. But with the half elf part, um, you're gonna automatically have up on um, like archery and stuff from the beginning right and, and that, that's kind of what I like because until I'm not as squishy anymore, uh, I can do long range and still do a significant amount of damage because of the uh, beginning perks.
1: So mm-hmm. th- that's
0: that's one of the big reasons why I went with with uh, half elf. But uh, Tony, what, uh, what did you go with for your, uh, your fighting, fighting man or woman?
2: So I've got two archetypes okay. that I threw together. There we go. Because if I'm sitting down with a group, I want to make sure that my character can synergize with what everybody else is playing. Which is so great. we're looking at a fighter. What are the fighter's roles? Okay, you can have a bunch of roles. But initially, in my mind, fighters really excel at either being a tank mm-hmm. or being melee damage.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: You, could, you could think of something, maybe a uh, bow stringer, a fighter that deals with range damage, but there might be other classes that do that a little bit better. So mm. why not choose one of them? But a fighter is going to be on the front line either as the tank that is protecting everybody else around them Unless there's a paladin that wants to take that role, in which right. case, cool, I can switch my fighter over to being a damage dealer, but still they're up close and personal. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned just now where the early levels you're kind of squishy. You might mm-hmm. want to stay at range. Where now you want to make sure that fighters have strength to do their damage and to be the fighter, but also constitution to help with that squishiness. Right. So my two archetypes, the tank. I chose a Mountain Dwarf.
0: Oh, that's good for tanking. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure.
2: And for uh, melee damage, I went with a half-orc. So kind of kept constrained. Like Fighters okay. are a little simple as a class mm-hmm. to really kind of understand them. And I stayed within the bounds of basically the player's handbook. And I branched out just a little bit for one of the feats into Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so didn't go too wild with a lot of kind of the splat books or the extra rules there. Kind of kept it simple in case somebody just wants to dive in and get their feet wet with what a stereotypical fighter might look like and might right. act like. So, uh, as a fighter, your major um, stats are strength and constitution. Correct. Right. So, the mountain dwarf gets a plus two to both.
0: That's just awesome. That's a good start off with those things. Yeah,
2: Great. Any kind of bonus there works well. Unfortunately, there's a trade-off there. You don't really get any extra features as a fighter that would make the Mountain Dwarf be your definitive fighter. Mm -hmm. Um, The Half-Orc for damage does. They get a plus two to strength, but only a plus one to constitution. And in lieu of that other plus one, they get an ability called Savage Attacks, where if they get a critical, they can roll an extra damage die, right. or whatever the weapon damage die might be. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. which
0: is, which is very uh, characteristic. of What we went over last episode with, or not last episode, the episode before with the the barbarian and the rage moments, and mm-hmm. you know just having that ability to do that little bit of extra damage even at the beginning can can help a lot in a, in a fight so so having a, in a, a feat that automatically gives you a little bit more damage on a crit is fantastic it might not happen all the time but sometimes in a clutch moment it can be very very pivotal
1: oh yeah for sure
2: and if that is your purpose in the party to deal damage mm-hmm. you want to make sure you're good at it right mm-hmm. and, and it's and it's this is a
0: great array i think of uh, the fighter class and the uh, utility of it like mike even just starting out brand new species and stuff there's still some perks that he finds interesting and he's not going to necessarily die right away even if he doesn't have a weapon <laughs> uh, for me i'm more of the cautious when it comes to you know that's just my personality when it comes to characters but i can still be a fighter just i'd be a ranged fighter and have different perks and it's one of the reasons why my race would be half elf and like you said You have the basics of both of the general um, archetypes that you would go after as a fighter. And it's still, you can add a little, you know, characteristic and personality to it. So I I think it's great that, uh, especially which (laughs) it's kind of funny that uh, there's so much versatility with a fighter because that's kind of what that position is supposed to be. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to be able to adapt to any situation. Like you said, either be a tank or a heavy hitter or distraction or, you know, whatever the case is, you you can definitely, I think the fighter is one of the most, you know, diverse classes that can kind of go in almost any direction, which I think is pretty interesting given that 5e is more of a, like you said earlier, like it had its, it kind of went back to the roots a little bit when it came to, okay, a fighter is good at fighting and a wizard's good at spells. And a sorcerer is good at, you know, wild magic. You know, it kind of got a little bit back to those roots of significant classes, except because 4E, like you said, you kind of had a feat for a day and like you had a different spell that you could use. And it didn't like everybody was a fighting wizard basically in 4E. So mm-hmm. um, I still think that that, that, uh, that soul of that options and variety come through when it's the fighter, especially when you get into your uh, different disciplines as you go.
1: Right. Yeah. The one thing that is really interesting looking at all the different archetypes too, is that they have just such a wide array of how you can utilize the fighter. You know, you can focus more on that back line, kind of just shooting arrows or, you know, I think they have the gunslinger one now too, right, where you can actually have actual guns and like shooting at people um or you can, you know, you can dual wield or you can be like this fighter that is they have like the rune knight or something like that, the rune uh, It's the Eldritch Knight. That yeah, they have like they just have all these things where you kind of can like blend magic or mm-hmm. Or you know, focus more on on armor and protective fighting styles, or you can really focus on distance, or you can really focus on super up close. And you know, it, it's it it is so versatile. Looking at it, it was it was really awesome.
0: It's the jack of all trades of uh, the party. Like like Tony, you were just saying, like if a Paladin wants to step up and say, no, 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 I'll take all the damage, you can start going more towards, you know, just straight up damage dealing. You know, mm-hmm. so, well, that's awesome. I think that's, pre- that's pretty cool that, we'll, you know, <laughs> given the same option, we all came up with a wide variety of, uh, of different things. And uh, and the the big perks, I guess, kind of like what you were saying, the, the perks that uh, the Half-Elf kind of comes into is the intelligence and charisma right off the bat. And that, that makes sense for me later on, especially with being a, a ranged fighter. But the greatest thing is because it's a half-elf, you still have that plus strength and plus constitution as well. Mm-hmm. So in that's kind of the interesting thing about like the half races is it, you don't get all the perks of one or the other, but you get a couple, and if you play them right, it can be really interesting. Right. right. So <clears throat> now that we have all of our races, uh, what uh, other than, so I guess I should say, instead of me mumbling and talking over myself like you said your your biggest thing was just you you thought it was interesting the the new race out of the the newest book that's blending with magic the gathering
1: Mm -hmm. yeah no i i really like um the idea of the leonin with the constitution and strength um as well as having the unarmed strike um for me, for some reason, I just saw that and it seemed like a really cool class. And then I was kind of thinking, how can I build around it? Um, So I wanted to kind of build into this um, melee fighter that is all about grappling and unarmed strike type things, you know, sort of like a lion or a a leonin, I would imagine would do, you know, a, a much more sort of, um, Brutal kind of up close melee oriented and just overpowering you with, you know, grappling maneuvers and, and fast movement and, you know, pummeling you with five or six attacks all at the same time when you get up to the upper uh, levels, you know, of just claw strikes and all these sorts of things. So it was really like intriguing to, to see that And I wanted to kind of build that uh, into my character. Uh um it's also nice you know the extra movement speed which is kind of hard to find not a whole lot of classes have the extra five feet of movement speed um right off the bat and then also um they have dark vision which is another Uh huge thing because like for me just dark vision is so invaluable it's almost like you know having a really high perception or something you know it makes oh, yeah. a lot of fighting way easier and uh lets you kind of explore a little bit more safely having that dark vision which i think
0: all of our races have that feature don't they
1: yeah well with the dwarf
0: yeah i'm pretty sure an orc has dark vision
2: yeah that's uh, just doing a quick double check on the half orc because i don't actually recall
1: they do yes yeah, yeah i think they do hey yeah. look at that
0: an, adult, an elf definitely does <laughs> <laughs> we're but,
1: all we're all about it dark vision yeah. dark vision most important
0: <laughs> it is literally can be life or death but i do have a very important question about your character mike yeah. um does he have wares if i have coin
1: i don't understand that
0: reference oh lord
2: Khajiit really... has wares if you have coin. <laughs> Khajiit has wares if you have coin.
0: Have you never played
1: Skyrim? I I have played it bits and pieces. I have not played it all the way through. I don't even know if we need to continue this podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's an Elder Scrolls uh, callback. Probably going back to Morrowind, too.
0: I think it was in Morrowind whenever they were
1: first introduced. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. I, I, we'll, we'll even, get there, even Mike. if I, well, even if I did play, here's the one thing that you'll realize about me. Even if mm-hmm. I did play the game, yes, I probably won't remember quotes. I remember like storylines, but like if, if you were to like read a quote to me from somebody, I would be like, no.
0: The, the only reason why know. it still hurts, Mike, is because if you literally Googled Skyrim top 10 quotes, that would literally be like the second quote next to, and
1: then I took an arrow to the knee. That's the only one I know. Uh, it it <laughs> is <laughs> the arrow to the knee. Arrow
2: to the knee. Kajit uh, has wares if you have coin. And do you get to the cloud district often? Of course you don't. Yes.
1: <laughs> so I, I, and I know it's horrible, but I just, yeah, I never went all the way through Skyrim. I think I played like. You meet Khajiit in like the first 20 minutes. I think he's, I went. He's
0: literally walking the road.
1: <laughs> well, I know what the Kajit are. I played. I played four. All right, we'll get there. Oblivion. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there
0: okay. Okay. One you day, you were, like, we lost half of our listener base, but five, we'll get there. five
1: years from now, five years from now, when when I have time to play games again,
0: that's fine. In five years, Skyrim <laughs> will come out with another limited edition, the
1: super ultra awesome. PS six Xbox one S two squared and
2: all because they certainly aren't going to fix those.
0: No, which is horrible. It's like, you think the one thing you could fix on like your anniversary edition is whenever you go off to the expansion Island that came later and it has a super powerful guy for some reason, even though you just defeated the dragon that was supposed to kill the world. Yeah, Uh, you get stuck there and it's fucked.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't be a Bethesda game without game-breaking bugs.
1: Yes, they're true. I saw a uh, post on Reddit, and this is total tangent, but I saw a post on Reddit that was just like a screenshot of like, oh, you're releasing the 20th anniversary edition. Oh, yeah, we were going to fix all the bugs. Oh, you fixed all the bugs. That's great. Yeah, but we decided to just add phishing. Yes. Oh, but no, but the bugs are still there. Yeah, the bugs are still there. Horrible.
0: <laughs> it's it's horrible. They've gone through so many incarnations, and the bugs are still there. Yeah. Uh, even the patch notes, uh, it's just something else. <laughs> but you can't gloss over your heresy, Mike. It's,
1: it's I'm awful. sorry. I'm sorry, everyone.
0: But on that note, <laughs> while uh why don't we take a break um, to collect ourselves? and maybe show Mike a meme or two of Khajiit in his wares. Um, And when we come back, we'll have a little bit of a snack zone and uh, get back into the second half. All right, welcome back, everybody. Got a couple extra logs on the fire. And uh, whenever we put some logs on the fire, I think about snacks. For obvious mm. reasons get some s'mores
2: going.
1: Snack zone. Snack zone. We'll we'll come up with a song. Yeah, we'll work on it.
2: I like it. It has to stick with <laughs> that kind of like 90s heavy metal hair metal riff.
1: <laughs> that is,
0: which is good. great because most of my snacks come from the nineties. So.
1: There you go. <laughs> That's where all the good snacks were man. Junkaroos oh dunkaroos pixie sticks. Well, th- this snack Fun zone, dippers. this
0: snack zone does not come from the nineties. Though you, you'd assume it might have been from the nineties, given its packaging. But uh, snack zone today, uh, my snack for a fighter would probably be those P three protein snacks. You I mean, you got a little bit of everything in there: some nuts, some meat, some cheese. You know, a little and, uh, bit. I feel like a fighter would definitely have that as a snack on the
1: road little bit of all the protein
0: mm-hmm. a little bit of all that protein that he's about to burn up <laughs> and uh, with this snack was created by Oscar Meyer the Oscar Meyer company all
2: right.
0: all right so that I thought that was interesting and also it was invented in 2014
1: I yeah I would have imagined it was a little older, but that I mean in all honesty that's like seven years ago so
0: I, I don't know I guess whenever it gets like
1: <laughs> Ethan Ethan. Ethan, I hate to break it to you. Yeah. You're you're getting old, bud. No, I'm not. Yeah. No, no.
2: That that's basically an admission of it. Like seven years to somebody of my age is like last week.
1: Well, you
2: think things 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 that happened a long time ago
1: (laughs) don't seem like that long of a time ago.
0: No, I'm I'm saying it seemed like it was longer ago that these squats were introduced to me.
1: What I mean. I don't know. Maybe I'm just your getting... life bleeds together. You forget it things. It's a blur. There's a eventually you'll like have to forget. Eventually you'll have urinary issues. Whoa. So I'm just it's it's a a fact of life. Ethan,
2: a fighter doesn't have urinary. issues I'm sorry, issues. I had to
1: bring Tony on just to better to be prepared
2: for it. Yeah, better to be prepared for it than to be surprised.
1: I feel
0: like with urinary issues, you're always gonna be surprised.
2: Uh, it depends. <laughs> But, uh, oh
1: boy tony so snack the, zone
2: what's what snack did you <laughs> pick for your fighter all right so since i got two of them we'll go with the mountain dwarf mm-hmm. and just kind of a uh, little bit of foreshadowing playing into his background i was going to say something like tea and crumpets but you know he's a dwarf so i don't want to insult them so much mm-hmm. so we're going to go with like dwarven stout but keep the crumpets because I just love the idea of this kind of like stout tank taking all the damage, being kind of a grizzled vet and then setting Mm -hmm. down his shield and having like a delicate crumpet
0: setting down his, he'd set down his shield to make a table for the crumpets.
2: Right. And have a nice daily or doily laced uh, presentation for it. (laughs) like Like tucked in the back. Yeah. That kind of, just weirdness i think would be great and then the half orc i would go with those kind of questionably cooked giant turkey legs that they have at renfests and mm. questionably is the keyword <laughs> right yeah like it may is not be cooked, cooked all, all the way, the way through you know no but you're at a ren fair so what's Inside the worst that can happen is the inside's what? pink
0: should have it been it's, it's it's so funny cuz it's like there is like I think it's like pork elbow and stuff and like pork shoulder. That stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's supposed to be pink. Whenever you cook it all the way right. through,
1: but that's pork.
0: Right. And that's why in the back of your head, you're like, mm, it should be out there. Okay. Is this another right. one of those meats? that's supposed to be a little pink. I mean, it's, it's not like, chicken. Cause it's like in a Chicken's joint or bad. something. <laughs> well, I, I like those. I like those pigs mm-hmm. Very, uh, very on brand for both of those Mm -hmm. uh so mike what is your uh your your lion folk
1: that doesn't have wares my lion folk leonin is uh i just was trying to imagine so from his backstory he's this very athletic you know character of course uh, almost like an olympian type thing um or an Olympic athlete type thing. Uh, and he, since he is a Leonin needs to eat like meat a lot too. Cause that's like his main source of food, you know? So I was imagining like jerky that's made out of fish or like beef jerky or like, he just like randomly carries raw steaks in his pack <laughs> See, he just that, pulls see, it out and eats
0: it. That all makes sense. There's jerky that's made out of fish.
1: Mm-hmm. I need. Yeah, this. man. I need. To Listen, you get a you quick. get a dehydrator and you just let's get a little piece of cod or a little piece of tilapia and you put it in there and you just dry it out.
2: Yeah, Some Scandinavian sardines, delicacies.
1: Sardines, like that kind of stuff, man. That's what I was imagining. Like just that's... over the fire. I mean, obviously he won't have a dehydrator unless we somehow have a weird. Really, really weird DD world, which I'd be cool with. Well, I don't know. You could use the sun. That's how they use Right. Doing. No, like the sun or like over the fire to kind of roast it out, you know, like that kind of thing. This is yeah. on my mind. A, I've like never a heard of Dryer, dryer
2: over top of a campfire or yep. playing DD. It's high magic. You have a <laughs> portal to like the fire realm in a nice little kiln or something that's portable because why not? There you go. And yeah.
1: Or some weird magic that you do. You just put it in a container and you somehow vacuum seal it and it sucks out all the
0: hydration. Just fish, fish jerky contains one and a half times the protein as well as various other nutrients. I've never heard of fish jerky.
1: Yeah, man, that's it. That's what he's eating. He's Uh, got, he's got a bag of it. He's just got this just gigantic bag that he always carries with him.
0: I don't even want to know how that, what that smells. Salmon. Cod. Does it just smell like jerky? My mind is blown about Yeah, it smells like right yeah, now. it
1: smells like smoky, kind of jerky. I mean, with a little fish smell. Oh, Dried long uh, John Silvers. Yeah. Yes, that's like that's <laughs> what I envision. It's like it's more I think it's more like locks, you know how like super, super salty, and then you just suck out all the water. Mm. So it's like that really salty smell with like the smoky smell if you put it over the fire so there's
0: like some fishing vampires that like really got in on this fish jerky business
1: <laughs> it's a racket yeah i guess a racket. <laughs> they just suck that, all that suck all that wet stuff out and then they just sell it to people man i'm glad i
0: can edit this <laughs> suck all that wet stuff out yeah that's the tagline now there it is there it name is. name of the episode Suck all that wet stuff out with Tony. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: But yeah, that's that's what I was imagining. You know, something that's really high mm-hmm. protein dense, something that he can eat quick. Also something that like fits the lion character, you mm-hmm. know, the the lion side of him that is very focused on like, you know, you only eat meats. You don't really eat a lot of other, you know, I mean, I guess you eat fruits and and you know raw sort of ingredients. You know, you don't really eat a lot of cooked stuff. You just have like the raw stuff that you eat really quick.
0: Well, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I can also picture him having a, uh, um, you know, instead of like a instead of a snuff can, mm. it's it's a little can of catnip. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, he's got to get
1: a little. We, we don't know. We don't know what. With drugs, he's got to use to stay on top. Yeah, yes, you know? that's
2: right. Fighting's a dangerous career. Got to gotta stay, on, a top. Little bit of that gotta stay on
1: top. Got to stay <laughs> on top. Got to stay on top. Jeez.
0: Well, <laughs> now, now that we've
1: experienced our, our
0: snack, our snack zone. Uh, while we get back into it, uh, the second half, we're, we're kind of going to be going over how the blend of our races with the. Fighter class kind of come together, and uh, Mike, why don't we why don't we start with you, um, with your catnip having lion person (laughs) jerky eating to fish jerky eating claw striking pretty much. So why don't we go, uh, basically, what what kind of armor? And we'll kind of go down the list of
1: armor and stuff. Well, what what kind of armor did you start out with? I was really torn um, because with the fighter you can start with armor or you can start with a bow. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I was I was really leaning towards just just doing armor, um, and I was I was thinking chainmail, um, just because since he is going to be in. Really trying to get up in everyone's face, he's going to need that extra AC to kind of negate damage. Mm -hmm. Um, The only disadvantage from chainmail, obviously, especially early on, is you know stealth rolls. You you can't be walking around. So, you know, I was like so torn with that, or leather armor, um, or you know, you get the longbow if you wanted to do that. So, but but long run, I went with chainmail. Mm-hmm. stay on the safe side just to just to start it out and then you know of course we'll switch it up we're a fighter we can do what we want and switch <laughs> it up you know down the line if they have some sort of like uh like kind of like a leather plate armor that's still more like a light armor but gives you more defense than just the regular leather right and, you know that kind is of it, stuff
0: is there any proficiencies that come innate with your with your race that would help out with the fighter class
1: Um, I mean, they're proficient in, uh, you can get hunter's instincts, so you can do intimidation, perception, survival, uh, or athletics. Mm -hmm. So nothing I would say necessarily that is, um, directly related to kind of armor or anything like that. Um, you know, survival, I guess, in a, in a small little regard, Uh, could be helpful, um, you know, down the line, but I feel like that's more for like poison checks or acid checks or things like that.
0: I mean, uh, you've got to roll survival check. You're in the middle of the forest and, you know, your DM says, you know, roll survival check to see if you can tell which way you got to go. So sometimes it can definitely come in handy depending on the situation you're in, which makes a lot of sense. Mm. So. What uh, what
1: skills are you proficient in based off of your character? So with the with the character, you get the you, I kind of stacked it a little bit. Uh, the Leonin gets uh, proficiency with his hunter instincts. Like I said, in mm-hmm. athletics, intimidation, perception, or survival, you get to pick one of those. Um, and then the fighter uh, comes with two uh, out of you know, acrobatics, animal handling, athletics, history, insight, intimidation, perception, or survival. Um, So with uh, the Leonin, I was going for, I want to say I was going to just go for intimidation. Mm -hmm. That just seems like something that is, you know, again, coming from that lion nature, you know, uh, you already get a roar as a, as a, um, feature of the, cla- of the race mm-hmm. um, so kind of building against or building with that to kind of uh, have intimidation more likely in, in certain moments uh, I just think is fitting for the character um, you know and then at, coming out of uh, the fighter uh, I would probably be picking perception and I want to say survival yeah
2: which makes I sense think
1: that's right with with your
0: uh the build that you're going for i think that that makes a lot of sense like you said whenever you have a character that's supposed to be kind of frontline bulky intimidation makes you know makes a, a good choice and it, it plays towards your character as well so mm-hmm. it'd be easier to play that character and get in that mindset you know mm-hmm. yep and that, we kind of already went over your equipment, basically.
1: But what what weapons did you pick? So, this one was also tough. <laughs> um, I was I was thinking like uh, doing two martial weapons mm-hmm. and thinking things that are a little more exotic. Like I said, kind of a trident. Um, I want to say other martial weapons i would need help here but i think like a javelin that's considered a martial weapon is that right yeah um but i wasn't sure what the other martial weapon was i was thinking more so well, it's like, also
0: you depending on what what a uh, little closer range yeah i mean you got you get your hand axe you got uh uh there's a plethora which is another thing to bring up is a, a fighter is almost proficient in el- every weapon pretty much mm-hmm like any any weapon or armor you pick up you're pretty much proficient in depending on level and so on and definitely depending on which uh um like feat or subclass
1: that you pick um like anything mm. in your hands can be a deadly weapon anything and That's i have right. two deadly weapons on my hands already cuz i'm a lion
0: i've i've killed more men in a day than you've met in your lifetime stand aside but uh, that's Does great. Sound like a fighter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, those are the weapons you went with. Did you go with the standard dungeoneers pack?
1: I went with the ex- explorers pack. Okay. I for some reason just the dungeoneers pack, and this is just me. I just nothing in there seems appealing. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to
0: go explorers pack. That's good. Yeah. Uh, the, is there any backstory or anything that, that's going to drive you as you build your character? And maybe yeah. like which direction you're going to take with them.
1: So, and this is kind of where I was going before and what I was talking about before. Um, the character that I have, I was thinking uh, kind of this backstory of he's like the best athlete in his pride um, and even sort of among multiple prides uh, in you know his home continent. Or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, you know so he he's an athlete playing yeah yeah he's he's an athlete that kind of like they had their own their own sort of like Olympic or Olympiad style games you know and they would all kind of pit each other against each other and he was always just like he would always be the one who wins you know he would every single year for years and years and years um, you know, his family has always been kind of this high level. They're all fighters and they all win these Olympic games that they have between all the the prides. And, you know, he is kind of carrying on that legacy of the family, mm-hmm. you know, because of that is like just very like full of himself. He's like, I'm always so, going to win. I'm never going to lose. You know, so you'd say he's prideful. hmm. did not think about it when i was writing it but damn it that is good (laughs) that's good
0: that's a solid backstory and it's definitely something that's going to bleed into the 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 choices especially the beginning choices that you had which is great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh so now we've kind of gone over mike's fighter Lion, prideful build uh tony what uh why don't we go over and uh Basic, what, what are the perks of your different classes that are going to mix and mesh well with the fighter class? And what What was the... I know you kind of did with the basic one way or the other, but what kind of backstory would you pick out for these characters based off of those things?
2: So the Mountain Dwarf tank, um, I standard array for both of these characters. So mm-hmm. kind of maneuvered around. And like I said, we want to have strength and constitution as their highest points, but you can play around with the other ones. And... I thought of for the the mountain dwarf uh, battle master tank, someone who might be of a noble background Mm -hmm. and is working towards being a knight. So just the Mm -hmm. way that the Mm -hmm. uh, stats kind of worked out, charisma was the dump stat that Mm -hmm. got the eight. Um, And then dexterity kind of sat next there 10, because he's going to be wearing a whole lot of heavy armor, having a shield Dexterity isn't going to be beneficial there. Right. It'd be beneficial in saving throws, but pff, that's that's what magic is for. Down the line, um, <laughs> he has the saves against poison because mm-hmm. he's a dwarf. Right. Um, and then uh, taking up kind of a defensive fight and fighting style. So as long as he's got armor, he gets an extra one AC. That means that uh, with a little bit of foresight probably a little bribing the dm um right out of the gate he's sitting at 20 ac
0: ah nice
2: that's going to be really really good because can't really hit that with some of the low level characters splint Mm -hmm. mail for 17 armor Mm -hmm. plus one for his um defensive fighting style and then the shield that splint mail is just probably out of reach of a fresh adventurer mm-hmm. but if he's nobility maybe there's something there
0: and that's where the bribing of the dm kind of comes into play is it is it <laughs> yeah. ex- explaining why you would have this something thing so that you fantasy. probably shouldn't have at level one
2: right so having the nobility background there this is probably and low, low charisma associated with that. Mm-hmm. You can play this off as either a uh, little disfigured, ugly, um, not welcome in court because they want to have their best front forward. He might be a little bit crass, might be a bad drunk. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can play Something, off that yeah. low charisma. Mm-hmm. And by giving him this splint male gift, And pushing him out the door, now he earns his keep off of his name as nobility, but he also has that adventurous streak. Maybe that's where the low charisma comes into play. He's foolhardy at times. Um, So this kind of sets up a character who has a name, maybe or maybe doesn't uh, cash in on it at times, but knows that kind of atmosphere. Knows those kind of people and whether they can join them or not. Knows how to play them mm. as well. So mm. now you have a patron for your adventures, right. and this dwarf is the one that negotiates mm, maybe the initial meetings. Your for connections,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, right.
2: And because he comes from a nobility background, probably looking toward being a knight. I think battle master fits in very well here because now he has an arsenal of maneuvers that he can use mm-hmm. in order to make sure that the enemies are always hitting him or he's getting his allies out of danger. So which, those right. specific maneuvers allow him to you know, goading attack where if an enemy is nearby, they have to attack you or they attack an ally with disadvantage, right. which at low levels is a big deal. Um, you can Mm -hmm. maneuver that
0: that also makes sense with your background of like him maybe not being the the center of attention even coming from the ability that battle master was his way to make up for those shortcomings to a certain degree which i think is really cool Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yep yeah that's really
1: cool
2: so and then like staying within that first batch of levels from one to five that first kind of power band you know at level four you get to have your agi or um or asa your agility your agility jesus i just messed up there um your ability (laughs) score increase or um you can take a feat and this is where the xanathar's guide added in here took Mm. the dwarven fortitude there which is awesome It's incredible just the way that the stats work out. That's a plus one to constitution. So now he's sitting at an 18 at level four plus four to all of his bonuses. And that adds a ton of hit points at that level. And he can take the dodge action to heal himself. If he does manage to get hit, well then he dodges as an action. And with all of the other benefits that are around there, he can heal himself a little bit, but every little bit counts at those levels oh
1: definitely definitely oh yeah a a little bit when you're your HP yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and that could literally be life and death you know right sometimes you live with you're living with one HP and that's it holding off that enemy for for
0: one more round while your wizard gets ready for that fireball you know
1: right
2: fireball (laughs) well
0: that's awesome that's that's fantastic backstory for for the dwarf that's uh it reminds me of the uh, the uh, thunder dwarf that I that I made for a different campaign, that was like a was a battle master
1: as well. So
0: it hits me, hits me right there.
1: <laughs> but that's awesome. Now here's here's the real question: Is the thunder dwarf still alive?
0: Oh yeah, he's still alive.
1: Oh okay. You don't. I die. thought I thought you I thought you were sad you were sad because he died no campaign or something
0: very very similar build mm.
1: yeah that was that was more wistful than saddened
2: i think okay yes yes wistful. i i, I understand
0: <laughs> smoke smoke in a pipe remembering the good old days ah yes
1: the thunder dwarf the thunder dwarf
0: uh i think i, I named him ranga as well but uh awesome that's uh
2: so that's your dwarf did you want to go over your half orc or yeah sure um so yeah the the half orc intended to be the damage dealer Mm -hmm. and again the standard array of stats this one because uh i had actually found on hulu recently (laughs) they now have reruns of the cartoon the tick
0: so oh, yeah. a
2: whole lot of kind of bringing it back together here. We're talking about the nineties um, tangents galore. I wanted to model this guy after the tick uh, kind of charismatic, loud and boisterous wise, uh, maybe, but dumb is a rock. So there's sorry, that right. balance that can be kind of difficult to play. Like, okay, what is the difference between wisdom and intelligence? that's a debate that you can read Reddit or the official right. Watsy forums to find out, okay, how do I play this? Um, you can play wise, but dumb. Maybe mm. he is street smart, certainly not book smart uh, impetuous a little bit. Like there, there's a bunch of different nuances mm. you can play here, but mm. I thought the tick cracks wise. He's got a lot of beatitudes that are nice aspirations but has no idea how to actually hit them, but he says it with gusto. So this is, this is my half orc. He is a folk hero champion
1: because interesting
2: damage dealing champion is the way to go. They have all kinds of really, really good uh, features that allow you to just crank out the damage when you hit and a folk hero, if he's a half orc, it's very likely that, uh, he's kind of on the outskirts of society Mm -hmm. because if you're playing kind of in the generic D and D world, um, half orcs have a big uphill battle. I I've not read any of the new kind of, um, choose your race and then choose your stats afterwards. I know that was kind of a new big thing in one of the more recent books, but I haven't read anything about that. That's sort of what I was
1: going to say. You know, it's, it's interesting to see a half orc that has, you know, high charisma and is a folk hero because yeah, normally you're this pariah that no one wants to deal with you. No one, cause you're just like the scum of the earth, but they only deal with you because like, you know, you are there in society with them and they just deal with you when they have to, instead mm-hmm. of kind of really embracing you as, as a member of this society. So it's kind of cool to see that kind of flipped Um almost like think- uh almost like it was a compensation or something for his past to try to become the super charismatic person. And then he became a folk hero, which is now it's even easier to be charismatic because Mm -hmm. everybody loves him.
2: Right.
0: But I think a lot of that came from 4E as well, because a Mm -hmm. lot of that with Pathfinder was kind of ingrained in the storyline of orcs and Mm -hmm. that being like the no good characters to a certain degree. Exactly. So yeah. It's definitely cool to have that that flipped as well.
2: Yeah, and it, the the player's handbook even kind of mentions that th- the stereotypical half orc really tends towards the chaotic side of the spectrum, where mm. uh, they, because of their situation, they kind of live on the outskirts of lawlessness. Uh, right. They make their own rules, so might is right kind of things. And yeah, because this guy is dumb as a rock. Um, he might have actually fallen into this folk heroism accidentally, <laughs> but regardless, like he is, he's the guy that every he's the bill Brasky, basically. Right. Again, right. another reference for those that get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he walks into a bar and everybody raises a glass. Oh, it's bill Brasky, <sighs> uh, And yeah, he's no need for a shield shield. Doesn't do damage. No, it right. does do damage great swords great swords where you have the two hand on there and you can bring that down and cleave somebody in half that mm-hmm. does damage
0: i i also feel like whenever he went to the blacksmith and the blacksmith was like well what kind of weapon you want i want a great sword and it wasn't even like he wants the weapon a great sword he just yeah. wanted like a really good sword yeah like a that, really good, that's good how sword I said it. like
2: a rad <laughs> like a rad totally cool like great sword man
0: okay here's a great sword oh this is exactly what he wanted too
2: yeah (laughs) yep yeah walks in there um so they've got uh fighting style great weapon fighting Mm -hmm. there's the great sword great weapon fighting uh we talked about the critical part of being a half orc where you do extra damage on crits so why leave that just at a 20 as a crit With improved critical, a 19 and a 20 are crits. Right. Hopefully, you're going to be rolling that extra damage die a lot more often.
0: Which is only going to go up as you go up in level as well, because I think it goes to 18 as well eventually, doesn't it? Or is that just the fighter class in general?
2: That might be the fighter class. I don't know. I don't think I've ever gotten a fighter to that level.
0: That's that's valid. (laughs) It's it's hard to get characters to that level eventually.
2: But yeah I'm pretty,
0: I'm pretty sure the fighter once you get to level 15 or 16 something like that you uh you, you start doing crits on like uh 18
1: 19
2: and 20s nice even so, better to have the yeah yeah
1: i think that yeah i think it's 16 or 17
0: it's definitely a higher
1: level to be yeah, able to it's real crit, high. to
0: be mm-hmm. able to crit that much yeah <laughs>
2: So yeah, and as, as his proficiencies, so as a half-orc, intimidation is right there. You get that baked in. Mm-hmm. And because he is a folk hero champion, that gives you the availability for like animal handling, survival, and then kind of the, the other ones that you can pick out of just the random smorgasbord, Went uh, with insight and athletics um athletics good picks, yeah. because as a fighter you kind of need that there are mm. a whole lot of if you're going to min max a little bit there are a whole lot of checks that revolve around strength athletics and because he's a half orc um because of his situation being able to read people and mm. gauge their responses that insight might mm. come in handy so being proficient there especially when those aren't his strongest stats. Those extra bonus points there will help out as well. Yeah,
0: it's it's almost not even necessarily an intelligence thing, even though it falls under stuff like that. It's more just an instinctual reading yep. of the room type of thing. That's pretty cool. Well, that's that's awesome. Uh, both those characters sound amazing, which is great. And <laughs> they do sound really good. A great sword. But it's kind of funny going over your your half work. It my my half elf fighter was similar, but the mere opposite to a certain degree. Because I still wanted to go with damage, but my damage was obviously from a distance. So I took the the archer, you know, the feats for the archer for my half elf. And I didn't start with any armor. I started with the long bow and the arrows because mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm going for. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Now, the the stuff that I put in, I don't have any wisdom, but I have intelligence and charisma, and then obviously the regular strength and constitution for, um, the the fighter in general. Uh, but for that reason, I that's kind of why it made me laugh is because the way that you were saying, you know, to to play where you're not book smart but you're street smart, whereas my character is probably more book smart but not street smart, whereas you're more street mm-hmm. smart and not book smart. So I think that'd be, it'd be kind of interesting to have them in a party together to play off one another.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean the, the, the sum are like, it's the, the whole greater than the sum of its parts because mm-hmm. yeah you have two complete opposites there where if somebody is book smart, but not street smart, that could weigh towards you know kind of a headstrong youth right half elf that's kind of fresh out of academy and Mm -hmm. we've all been there when we're late teens early 20s we think we're the greatest thing on earth because at that point in time we are um and that i know
1: everything and i will tell you how i do know that exactly (laughs) exactly
0: But that's the the, the cool thing about it. Uh, The background that I gave him was an archaeologist. And it kind of plays into where I want to go. Like I want to start out as archer, but uh, eventually I wanted him to be an Eldritch Knight. And my reasoning for that was he he would basically study ruins until he learned ancient magic from books. Mm. Mm-hmm. to become an Eldritch Knight so that was kind of why I went with archaeologist and his his skills acrobatics animal handling history and survival you know some of that obviously comes from being the fighter but the archaeologist is like the history and stuff like that and the like survival which is kind of funny an archaeologist gets a, a bonus in survival so I guess it kind of makes sense
1: yeah, but uh you got kinda... to understand caves and dungeons. And... Mm-hmm.
0: But because of that, though, obviously, I started with the the long bow and the 20 arrows, the martial weapons and the hand axe, because I will never not do hand axe. I just I, I just yep. love hand axes. So good. just in general, Uh so but good. the archaeologist actually gets a wooden case containing a map to a ruin or a dungeon. So I thought it was pretty cool that to start out like that. But uh, obviously, he's going to be from a distance, you know, whereas your half orc was going to be up front. Same with uh, your lion. You know, they're, they're going to be, you know, in everybody's faces. I'm going to be in a tree somewhere. going can hit you with a, a longbow arrow, but still do fucking crazy damage because I still have all those bonuses that are going to hit you with. And then eventually, whenever he's an Eldritch Knight, you know, mix magic into that. So I, I just thought that that was pretty cool uh build and and that's why I went with the uh half elf because they have those bonuses that are going to maybe not be helpful right away, but later on whenever I start getting into the magic aspect of the build that I want, that's when it's gonna start actually paying off to have those you know the bonus charisma and the intelligence as well,
1: yeah, a lot of the spells end up becoming charisma or or intelligence so. That's mm-hmm. definitely going to build really, really well. Exactly. And, awesome.
0: And I definitely went with the Dungeoneers pack because...
1: I mean, you're an archaeologist. I'm an going to at
0: that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but other than that, there's no crazy feats. Uh, my build was more based off of where I wanted to be at the end, not really at the beginning. Mm. So it's a slightly different build. And I think it'd be... I definitely think it'd be interesting to have... Uh, my high elf and a uh, half elf and your half orc in a party together and see what kind of shenanigans ensue. <laughs> Might
1: dumb need to introduce a, them. A d- dumb as a box of bricks half orc, but is just like the nicest person and remembers every single thing that anybody ever told him. <laughs> I can just <laughs> see them like in a tavern and the, the half orc like reads the room that they're about to
0: get into a fight. While he's half listening to the half elf uh, explaining some sort of complicated system of why he should understand this, even though he doesn't understand it mm-hmm. like so it's just so uh, the, the scene would be play out so funny to me and I feel like we might need to bring those characters into into the campaign, Tony <laughs> just because yeah a, as a, a little, duo
2: a little segue into. Yes. Here, the party arrives at a tavern, and in the back, you sit down with these two other characters yes, who are then played by you and I.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. So that we might need to get together and do that. <laughs> but everybody, that's, uh, that's our four characters. Thank you, Tony, for adding a, a second one to get there a little flip side of the coin. Uh, again, basic builds go off of the world you're building and where you want to be. It's uh, not necessarily about starting out strong, but it's also about where you want to go at the end of the time. But there's definitely ways that you can stack the deck a little bit at the beginning, whether it's a dwarf that can't be hit or uh, a lion that has extra damage. So, Mm -hmm. you know, take, take all these into consideration whenever you're doing your builds and uh, make sure you just have fun with it, you know, have a good time and enjoy something that you're
1: creating. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I'm starting to like realize that it's more fun to kind of like get a root of a character, almost like a backstory of the character, kind of thought out, and mm-hmm. then kind of build your character from there. Cause then all the choices are so much easier. Oh, yeah. And that was, that was kind of how it was for me. It was like, I was like, I know I want a Leonin, I don't really know anything else yet. And then I was like, okay, what would be kind of a fun backstory for that? And then when I had that backstory, it was like everything fit into place. It was like, I knew that I was going to do the athlete background. I knew that I was going to have these traits and kind of be this, you know, think I'm better than everybody kind of attitude and, you know, then built a backstory off of that. And then, um, you know, it it made everything a lot easier that way. Whereas before I was just trying to min-max so hard that I didn't care about (laughs) Anything else? Anything else? So then it made it was like, what is the best thing I can pick here right now? Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's still a good way to
0: go about it. You can still min max if you want. But, uh, uh, like you said, I found it's a little bit more fun to kind of just enjoy the process. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. It is, it is one of those things where when you're starting out, so here's the Sherpa noob kind of interaction. There we go min maxing looking at the numbers, can be a really good way to learn. That gives you the smorgasbord of all the options. And if you want to plan out until level 15 or 18 or 20, then you absolutely can. Experience will show that probably 1 in 50 of those characters will make it past level 8. So all of that planning (laughs) was all for naught anyway, but you still kind of learned and understood what all of the feats and dynamics and how everything goes together. And then eventually you'll get to a point where you did what you had just done. Uh, You have a scaffold of an archetype and you know what you wanna play and what kind of complications can I add to this character? How can Mm. I make it fun for me to play? I don't need to min max if we're all at a table and the DM is playing well with the group, they're going to provide encounters that you can uh, succeed at, whether Mm. that is actually beating them bloody and killing them or working your way around it. Somehow there should never be like a DM versus player group atmosphere there. You're all there to tell a story together Mm. and Mm -hmm. you don't have to mid max. This isn't Adventurer's guild. Um, you can put together weird things or weird quirks that make your character fun and build around that, have reasons why that quirk is there or this character acts this way. And with that scaffold, now you don't even have to plan two or even three levels ahead. Just take what the story gives you and roll Mm. with that. You might multi-class, you might stick with that class all the way through until the campaign runs aground, but that character is going to be yours. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's the best thing. You got to play off each other. The DM and the characters or the, I should say the DM and the players. It's it's just like a DM doesn't want a bunch of murder hobos that just want to <laughs> fight everything. Uh, player doesn't want a DM that restricts them. Right. To to uh to a point of suffocation. Uh, there's got to be that even balance there.
1: Yeah, we've been finding out that happens like way more often than I feel like it should.
0: It's I honestly, when it comes down to it, I think DMs that have, I guess, like uh, rigid rules like that, they just lack the ability to improvise. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So they don't. They still want to be in the position of power as a DM, but they don't have the ability to roll with the punches. So they just restrict everything, which is just. It's unfortunate because I think it's a lot more fun whenever you don't know exactly what's going to happen.
1: Definitely, Oh, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm.
0: But, all right, everybody. Um, we're going to... It'll be the end of the episode now. We're just going to let the fire <laughs> crackle down a little bit. Enjoy enjoy the heat of the embers. I hope uh, everybody enjoys uh, our fighter builds. And like I said, we will we're going to get these builds up on the Discord. So if anybody wants to play around with them, uh, they're welcome to once we get the uh, the channel up and going and get them all up there. Uh, if you have any questions, definitely hit us up. And Mike, why don't you take it from here?
1: Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Tony, for uh, coming out and spending some time with us again and uh, building some really fun characters. Um, you know, did you have anything that you are trying to plug? Do you have anything coming up creatively that you're working on currently? Uh, still, the internet
2: podcast is still rolling through. A uh, little bit backed right. up at the moment. So there are, uh, I think we had gone just a week dealing with folks on vacations or kind of real life stuff. So the edits are coming along a little bit slowly, but there are currently 58 episodes out there for you to gorge on. Oof. So enjoy.
0: Enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen.
1: The <laughs> The Pittsburgh experience. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to uh, make sure that we get... Um, links in the show notes and everything like that for, for yins and that. Um, you know and, and anyone who listens, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify or whatever else you listen through. There's a whole crap ton of them now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, leave a review and find us on Instagram at the fireside, uh, on Twitter at the fireside. Or uh, come chat with us in the Discord. Uh, That's uh, bit.ly slash fireside discord. We'll have all those links in the show notes because we have a bunch of uh, underscores and periods in between some of the letters. Yes. (laughs) So uh, we'll look for that, and uh, we'll see
0: you all around. All right, everybody. Again, like like Mike said, Tony, thanks again, and uh, hope we see everybody around the next fire.